There's a quiet power living in Alberta right now. You have it, so do I. It's the power of where you save your money. Keeping your money at ATB means we can create loans. There's a quiet power living in Alberta right now. You have it, so do I. It's the power of where you save your money. Keeping your money at ATB means we can create loans for the people, places, and businesses that make Alberta, Alberta. Talk to ATB about the amplified GIC for business with a rising rate and flexible cashability. Get your money working for you and Alberta, too. ATB listens. Welcome to Psychic Cowgirl Radio with Shannon Lackman. Practical, insightful conversations to empower and inspire you on your personal journey. From her cattle ranch in Alberta, this sassy psychic cowgirl uses her connections to universal energies to guide you to greater awareness and wisdom. everybody today. It is a fine day in October. I love October. Makes me happy. Halloween month and all of that. Except for they're forecasting um, that S word that's a swear in our world right now. You know, the white fluffy stuff. <gasps> Not ready. <laughs> it feels chilly though. It wouldn't surprise me. But I'm just not ready. But that's okay. It's fine. So, how's uh, your hectic world? My mayhem has chilled a little. Chilled a little, I will say. It's become a little more manageable. Um, Still waiting on the fencing crew. Yeah. So happy about that. Uh, they stopped by last Thursday to get paid, and I'm like, yeah, no, I don't think so. I said I got a week extension on the paperwork, so yeah, finish the fence and I'll pay you. Um, Yeah, honestly, they were there that Thursday, and they stopped in the afternoon, dropped off some more fence posts, and tried to give me a bill, and I've not seen them since. I know, right? So delighted by that. <laughs> They have these two small chunks of fence to finish. So 
My husband is going to call them this afternoon when he has some moments. And, uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Okay. You know, my ranch has been high maintenance. So last Wednesday I was talking about the cows getting out and the fencing thing. And then I, um, after the show, I went out to bring my horses in because I let them out for grass for two hours every day. And then I bring them in. They have a hay bale, too, they get to snack on. And I was walking up the hill to go find my horses, and I thought, well, you know, I always walk up the hill and then turn around and survey the whole place that I can see. And to my horror, there was cows in the hay yard. So we have bales that are their winter food. Yep, their food supply to last all winter, and they were in there eating. Why were they in there eating? Because some of the fencing crew left a gate open. Awesome. Awesome. So, of course, my annoyance level went way up because, really, how long have they been in there? Because they were done eating. They were laying down full bellies, so they'd been there a while. Uh, fencing crew picking up posts and by the house here did not see the cows in there. Oh, they did. They did, but they didn't bother telling me. Maybe they'd have to help me. Not sure, but I was far from delighted. So I called in some mom friend reinforcements, and she came out, and we got all the cows out of the hay pen and all the gates closed. And then I had a hair appointment. So my horses didn't get brought in because I'm not going to miss my hair appointment because, you know, that's how I roll. And I was only about five or ten minutes late for my hair appointment, and so um, we're trying some new things, and by the time I got home that evening, I went out to check my horses, but it was really dark, and I couldn't find them. Now, I didn't look too hard. I just hoped they would be by the crawler in the shed. I just wanted to lay eyes, make sure they were okay. Nope. I thought, okay, you little brats. It felt like they were safe. I didn't get any big urges to, you know, jump in the bell truck and go look for them, which was a good thing. So the next morning, as soon as it was daylight, I headed out to look for my horses and bring them in because I figured they had enough grass because I have an emotional eater, my amazing horse Friday. He likes to eat too much. I know, happens to the best of us. And I get into their pasture, and I'm walking, and I'm walking, and they like to go to the far end a lot of times, just so that I have more exercise, bless them. Uh, no horses. No horses and a busted fence. I panicked a little, because horses and barbed wire fence are not a good mix. But I looked around, and I could see them a little ways away, and I'm like, please be okay, please be okay, please be okay. There was quite a bit of praying going on right then and there. And I saw all of them walk, so I knew it wasn't too terrible. I thought, okay. Well, I'm going to need to bring them in, and I'm going to need to go around and check fences and gates and stuff. So I walked back to the house. I got the quad and a halter, and I went back out because I had a plan. And I shut one gate, although it was kind of torn apart also, but I didn't want them to run away from me because if they were spooked still, they might run. Because, you know, the flight <sighs> still makes me edgy when I think about how it all felt out there. Anyway, so I got the gate shut and I went around. Oh, no, while I was shutting the gate, they all came over to me and I got to check them all out. Two young ones had a few cuts on their chest and legs. Nothing serious, nothing deep, superficial, so thankful. And my two older ones, they're like five and six, they didn't have any cuts. So I gave them all pets. They were snuggly, man. They were snuggly. They, if they could have crawled into my pocket, they would have. And so I calmed them all down and did my magic with them. I thought, okay, I'll catch my big horse Friday. He's the leader, and I'll lead him in, and the other three will hopefully follow. Well, that didn't happen. I was leading him in, 
and they all stayed out. And I'm like, okay. So I led him back to them. He was such a gentleman. He was such a good boy. And then I um, chased them in on the quad really slowly and gently. And, um, of course, they went to a gate that wasn't open, but they're – they were snuggly, so I could just walk through and open the gate for them, and they went through. And they were really well-behaved, and they came right in. They didn't, like, try to duck and run away or be sassy at all. So whatever went on that ripped down a really big portion of fence spooked them. In fact, if we go to let them out in the mornings before it's light out, they won't go. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was intense. But I got them all in the corral, and I was very happy. And then I was, I was out checking fences and gates every two to three hours to make sure the fencing crew didn't leave anything open. I did go hunt them down and say, hey, if the gate is shut, shut it. My cows got into the hay pen. That wasn't a good thing. So that was all Wednesday. Thursday, I spent the whole day checking fences and you know, making sure my cows were okay, keeping an eye on the fencing crew. And then Friday morning, um, they drove in with a flat deck to take away the gator that they were using. And I'm like, really? So I wander out there, and I make a bit of a production checking the hay yard because, you know, I'm annoyed. (laughs) I'm annoyed with them. And I went and talked to them and said, so I see that, you know, you're not quite done. Are you coming back to finish? And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. We're not sure how we're going to do those last two pieces, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, yeah, cows got into the hay yard. They're like, oh, yeah, we saw that. Seriously, you all should be proud of me. I did not flip out. Oh, I wanted to. I'm like, yeah. They said, oh, did we leave a gate open? But I decided I needed to be a little diplomatic in this situation. I know, aren't you proud of me? I just said, well, either you did, guys did, or my husband, I'm not sure. I said, just make sure gates are closed behind you from now on. Because I could have yelled at them. I wanted to yell at them. But the thing is, I needed them to finish the fence. Yeah, joke's on me because they still haven't come back, right? Anyways, I uh, something else they had said, and I'm like, really? So you guys are putting in minimal effort here right now. Okay, well. I didn't expect to see them again, and I was right. Sorry, I have a cow looking at things, and I don't know if it's because it feels like it's going to snow, but everybody, like all my animals, are just a little bit on edge. My dog doesn't want to go outside right now. There was a big murder of crows squawking this morning when we went out to the school bus. It was a bit creepy, them and the coyotes howling. And so after the show, I am going to drive out and check on everything, Wish me luck. <laughs> um, so let's talk about the lessons. The lessons with everything that's being chaotic. I know what the lessons are for me. I tend to take on too much, and I tend to be helpful when it would be more helpful to my own self to say no. And so I believe that everything that's happening is to give me a huge heads up that for the next few months, my ranch has to be the focus. I mean, after the kids and my husband, of course. But that, you know, if I be careful on what I say yes to, whether it's clients or teaching gigs or volunteering or workshops, I'm going to just kind of, take a bit of a step back because it sure feels like I need the time to make sure everything on the ranch is going well and the animals are safe and healthy. And I'm good with that. It's going to it's going to be a new pattern I'm creating. And so I have decided just to take it slowly, one day at a time. I mean, We're all still worried here in Alberta because, I mean, jobs are scarce. My husband works hit and miss. So, of course, financially we're way concerned. But we just have to ride it out because what other choice do we have unless we try to sell and move? But that thing is, who can buy it right now? There's just a lot going on. 
And so to handle it all, I'm simplifying. I am doing a lot of things to make sure that I can stay energetically grounded and balanced. Um, I asked a bunch of you on my Facebook page how you handle the mayhem, and you guys had great ideas. Thank you for um, putting them on there and engaging in that. That was really good. It made me smile a lot. Oh, today, I have to tell you this because I'm feeling a little sassy. I was talking to my mom this morning, and I said that I was going out to put out new no hunting signs because um, our other ones have disintegrated over the years. And I told her that I wanted to, you know, put a little note on the bottom or something. That way, if they were that close and read it, they would know I was serious. And she's like, well, why don't you put some, like, symbols or something on it? And I'm like, ooh, I should put on some, like, witchy protection symbols on the sign and the only people that will see it is if they're right up close and if they're right up close they probably don't have the best intentions on listening to my sign so i have to tell you i laughed so hard i'm doing it i'm doing it i mean they already think i'm the witch in the neighborhood so i may as well enjoy it and entertain my own self Oh, I'm doing it. Yep, I think I have a silver kind of pen that it will just be a little subtle, and I'm going to do it. (laughs) I know, it entertains me so much. So that's the thing right now. Find ways to entertain yourself that do not, you know, cause havoc or harm others or create chaos in a way that you don't want to have to handle the consequences. But me putting protection symbols on my no hunting signs is total entertainment value for myself. And I do want my land protected. So, hey, I'm in, right? Yeah, my mom and I had a good giggle about that. She was brilliant this morning. Thanks, Mom. (laughs) I'm totally doing it this afternoon. (laughs) I know. If you don't, like, find ways to smile and entertain yourselves, guys, then whatever. Okay, let's talk about some superstitions. Obviously, I believe in protection symbols. That's totally a superstition, right? Okay. I love when I was doing a little research to get refreshed on my superstitions because I do this superstition show every year. I think this will be the – it's been five years, actually, on on the radio come March. No, come January. So almost five years. Wow, hey? Kind of crazy. Um, And – Doing the superstition or and the Halloween shows in October just they make my world. Love it. Okay. So according to Webster's dictionary, superstition is any belief that is inconsistent with the known laws of science or with what is considered true and rational. Um Halloween is traditionally the time when common superstitions, folklore, myths, and omens carry more weight to those who believe. That's because it's fun. (laughs) Superstition's origins go back, like, since the dawn of time. People have um, created superstitions and belief systems in order to make sense of their world. That's why. Um, Beliefs can include good luck charms, amulets, bad luck, fortunes, cures, predictions, fortunes and spells. Um, We do have to be careful, though, not to go to the worst-case scenario, right? Like the black cat crosses your path, you're going to have bad luck. Well, what about the white cat that crosses your path? Shouldn't that bring good luck? Superstitions do tend to have a little bit of a negative connotation, so we just need to be careful about that, right? Hey, the attracting money superstition You know, full moon, open your wallet, hold it outside and say, fill it up. Love that one. Love that one. I had a bunch of those. Uh, Let's see if I have it. Um, Okay. Um, What are the most common ones? Uh, The black cat, of course. Um, The mirror. If you break a mirror... Um, where that came from is an ancient myth our ancestors believed 
was that the image in a mirror is our actual soul. There's some people that won't let their picture be taken because they feel like it's affecting their soul. A broken mirror represented the soul being astray from your body. To break the spell of misfortune, you must wait seven hours, one for each year of bad luck, before picking up the broken pieces and bury them outside in the moonlight. Dun, dun, dun. So look, there's a, a superstition with an antidote. So we, we like that, right? We like that there's the antidote. Okay. Um, ladders. Because in the days before the gallows, criminals were hung from the top rung of a ladder and their spirits were believed to linger underneath. Dun, dun, dun. So common folklore had it to be bad luck to walk beneath an open ladder and pass through the triangle of evil ghosts and spirits. Um, Owls looking in your window, or if you're seeing one in the daylight, bad luck and death will bestow you. Now, here's the thing with superstitions. They're only true if you believe them to be true. Right? The owl one I don't believe because, to me, owls represent Athena, the goddess of wisdom. So it doesn't apply. That's the cool part. You get to choose if you believe it or not. You get the choice. Um, The salt one. At one time, salt was a rare commodity and thought to have magical powers. It does have magical powers. What are they talking about? Thought to be. It does. I have Himalayan salt lamps all over my house. We use Himalayan salt to eat. Sea salt bath. Salt is magical. Um, It was unfortunate to spill salt and said to foretell family disray. To ward off bad luck, throw a pinch over your shoulder and all will be well. I love that there's the superstition and then there's the way to fix it. (laughs) I do. I like superstitions. Okay. Let me see. Um, So many of them are like, not fun. <laughs> if your palm itches, you will soon receive money. Dun, dun, dun. If you itch it, the money will never come. Now, come on. Don't you all believe that one? How often is your hand itchy and you're like, oh, but I want the money? And you shake your hand because <laughs> you don't want to scratch it. Guilty. Or how about the foot? Um, if your foot itches, you're going to travel. Oh, I should Google that one because I believe in that one. I'm like, ooh, yay, foot's itchy, I'm going somewhere. Um, a hat on a bed will bring bad luck. Or if you're, you put your hat, um, like if it's a cowboy hat and you don't put it with the crown down, you put it the brim down, that's bad luck. We're at the 4-H meeting a couple of nights ago. And my son had his cowboy hat, and he had taken it off because we did some elections and we were putting stuff and um, votes in his hat. And um, one of the ladies put the hat brim down, and her son grabs it and is like, no, no, don't do that. That boom, bad luck. <laughs> and you know what? These things are just um, automatic. They've been passed down. We don't even think twice. It's just it's a real belief. It's just true to us. You know, like the hat thing, like it was seconds, and the kid had grabbed it and turned it over and gave his mom trouble. Like seconds. Like This is just what's true for our world. And here's the thing. It's okay. Because I doubt there's anybody that doesn't have some sort of superstition. They may not call it that. They may not want to acknowledge it as a superstition. But they do. If you listen to the way people talk, lots of times you'll hear superstitions pop up, right? I'm just Googling a little bit. Um, The superstition of knocking on wood for good luck originates from pagan beliefs in regards to trees. Oh, I didn't know eat an apple on Christmas Eve for good health the next year. Nice. Very nice. Uh, Let me see. I am picking and choosing the ones that I like. Why? Because I can. Right? 
and because they fascinate me. Um, rabbit's foot, four-leaf clovers, lucky horseshoes. <laughs> okay, this one makes me giggle. All right. Horseshoes to bring good luck. The horseshoe must be lost by a horse and be found by you with the open end facing your way. You must hang it over the door with the open end up so the good fortune doesn't spill out. Another origin of the lucky horseshoe is the belief that they ward off witches. Witches, it was once believed, were opposed to horses, which is why they rode brooms and pitchforks instead. By placing a horseshoe over the door, the witch would be reluctant to enter. See, I guess I'm not a witch because I'm excellent with horses. Just saying. The origin of Halloween is believed to be in Ireland. How nice is that? I'm Irish, so I get to say yay. Okay, it's considered to be one of the world's oldest holidays. Nice, right? Nice. Um, dun, dun, dun. In order to make believe to the spirits that they were on their own. The living world wears costumes and masks, masks on Halloween. This way the spirits would not bother them. Another thing they used to do was organize parades to lead the spirits out of town. Dun, dun, dun. Did you know that the Druids believed black cats were humans that were changed as punishment for their evil deeds? Hmm, right? Hmm. Um, dun, 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 dun. Lots of stuff about Halloween, if you want to Google. Um, here's some Halloween myths about good luck. And then I'm going to find some more cool superstitions for us. Um, Okay. You will have good luck if on the night before Halloween you sleep facing south. Um, If you hear a cat sneeze, you will be lucky. I hear cat sneezes often because I have three cats. If a robin flies inside your house, if you put on a dress inside out. Another good luck sign is if you sneeze three times before breakfast. If the top of your head itches, you will have good luck. If you dream of a white cat, you will be a very lucky person. On Halloween, you will have bad luck if you get off bed using the left foot. So if you put a dress on inside out, that's good luck. But if you put a shirt on inside out, it's bad luck. Really? Okay. Um... I had a bunch more. I must have misplaced them. There was a superstition about cutting your nails on Sunday was bad luck. I totally believe this. Uh, if anybody wants to, you know, one of my kids grabs the clippers to cut their fingernails or toenails, I stop them if it's Sunday. I do. Because I am superstitious, but I believe in magic. So that's not surprising, right? Opening an umbrella inside, bad luck. It's so funny because how many of these do you just like, it comes out of your mouth when you see someone doing it, but you don't consciously think, oh, I have that superstition. Knock on wood twice to reverse bad luck. Back to the time dates back to the time when cultures believed that gods lived in trees. 
To ask the gods for a favor, people would lightly tap the bark of a tree. Then to say thank you when the favor was granted, a person would knock lightly again on the same tree. Let's try it. Now the salt spilled over your shoulder. It's If you spill it, then you take a pinch and toss it over your left shoulder. I want to verify I had that right. I was going to find the superstitions from around the world because some of them were really, really interesting. I had this all printed out from before, and I don't even know where it went. I don't know. I don't want the weird superstitions because I'm so superstitious that if I'm reading, like, creepy, yucky ones, I don't want to know. I only want positive stuff because my world's crazy. Dun, dun, dun. Ooh, I found a really cool superstition about brooms. How about furniture? <clears throat> Let's read some superstitions about furniture because that sounds interesting. Except for I need my reading glasses. I don't know where they are. All right. Um, Okay, a single woman should never sit with the corner of a table pointing at her, as this means she will never wed. That one comes from Hungary. I did not know that one before. So if you're a single woman, never sit with the corner of a table pointing at you. There's lots of wedding superstitions. I could do a whole show on that. I'll do that when wedding season's upon us again, when I'm booking a bunch of ceremonies. Um, Okay. What? There's lots of crazy ones. Leaving the windows of a bedroom open on November 1st brings you very bad luck, so don't do it. If you dream that one of your teeth is being pulled out, that means that a family member will get sick from the Philippines. That one is. If you dream of your teeth falling out, you will lose money. That one's from Europe. An unmarried woman, this is from Indonesia. An unmarried woman should avoid washing her hair on a Saturday or she will marry a difficult-to-please man. Dun-dun-dun. From Romania. If you eat all the corners of your bread, you will have a good relationship with your (laughs) mother-in-law. From Korea, don't eat damaged or asymmetrical food while pregnant or your baby will be ugly. Oh, it says this one's from Canada. If a pregnant woman craves fish and doesn't eat it, her baby will be born with the head of a fish. What? I've never heard that one before. Um, From England, after eating a soft-boiled egg, push the spoon through the empty shell's bottom to let out the devil. (laughs) From China, throwing rice at a newly married couple encourages any jealous spirits that might be hovering nearby to eat rather than bother the bride and groom. (sighs) Superstitions about nature. Oh, from Russia. If it rains on a couple's wedding, it means that they will be very wealthy in life. From Mexico. If a pregnant woman walks outside during a lunar eclipse, her baby may be born part wolf. Wow. (laughs) Okay, this is from England. It is unlucky to look upon a lone magpie. If you do, salute it or you will have bad luck. Okay, I'm going to try this because I do have a lot of magpies around and I often see them on my fence when I look out my window here. I'm going to do it. I'm going to salute them and see what happens. Um, From the Philippines, if black ants 
frequent a house, it means that its owner will be rich. From France, it is bad luck to cross a stream carrying a cat. Well then. From Russia, to superstitions about finery. When you give a purse as a gift, put a little money inside. Giving it empty causes bad financial luck. <laughs> From Ireland, if you get your shirt wet while doing dishes, it means you'll marry a drunk. Oh, from Poland, do not place your handbag on the floor or else the money inside will disappear. Oh, my goodness. Here's some broom superstitions. From West Africa, don't sweep your home at night. It means you are sweeping away wealth. From Mexico, a single woman will not marry if someone sweeping the floor brushes her shoes. From Nigeria, a man hit with a broom will become impotent unless he retaliates sevenfold. Don't hit a man with a broom in Nigeria, man, or they'll hit you back seven times. From the United States, don't move an old broom into a new house. It swept up all the bad luck in the old house. From Russia, hit a girl with a broom on the day of her first period so that she won't have trouble giving birth. From China, a broom should never touch the head. This is very bad luck. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, that was entertaining. Let me see if I can find any other weird ones. Dun, dun, dun. Huh. Let me see. Lots about horseshoes. Oh, Friday the 13th, of course. Everybody freaks out about Friday the 13th. But have you had bad luck on the last Friday the 13th? Me either. Um, dun, dun, dun. I'm looking at a website that has the 25 of the strangest. Bird poop equals riches. In Russia, there is a belief that if a bird defecates on you, your car, or your property, it's a sign of good luck and may bring you riches. The more birds involved, the richer you'll be. So the next time a bird poops on you, just count it all joy. <laughs> I don't, though. I kind of think it's disgusting. But, hey, who knew? Who knew? Well, then, so counting crows. There was a big murder of crows in my pasture this morning says, it's believed that the amount of crows in a murder has the ability to predict your fortune. Hmm. So here's the phrase. One's bad, two's luck, three's health, four's wealth, five's sickness, six is death. More than six, however, seems to be up to the person who's counting. Well, I guess I'll decide then. Fingers crossed. To cross one's fingers is a hand gesture commonly used for good luck, which makes sense since it was used during ancient Christian persecution by believers to identify other believers as a sign of peace. Today, however, this has evolved to excuse the telling of a white lies, which may have its root in the belief that the power of the Christian cross may save a person from being sent to hell for telling a lie. Who knew? I use that one a lot. Fingers crossed. Sending you good luck. Wishing upon a star. How many of you do that? Me too. The superstition involving wishing on the first star you see in the evening is somewhat uncertain. However, Europeans believe that the gods would occasionally peer down, and when they moved the sky, a star would escape and fall down. The Greeks also believed that the stars were falling human souls, and it was lucky to make a wish on them. Huh. Kind of cool. 
the opening of the umbrella indoors. According to superstition, if you open an umbrella indoors, you are literally asking for bad luck to rain on you. One explanation comes from the days when umbrellas were used as protection from the sun. Opening one inside was an insult to the sun god. Ooh. Maybe that's why I believe in it. I love the sun god, Ra, who would then curse you with bad luck. Another theory states that an umbrella protects you against the storms of life, so opening one inside your house insults the guardian spirits of your home, whom also protects you from the storms of life, causing them to leave you unprotected. Ooh. Brooms have so many superstitions. I love it. I could probably do a whole show on broom superstitions. Um, there's one very curious and particular superstition that we want to caution you on. As the lore goes, you cannot sweep dirt out of a new house or apartment with a new broom unless you sweep something in first. If you don't sweep something in first, then you'll be sweeping out your good luck. Do not sweep out your good luck. There you go. The rabbit's foot for good luck. We all know about that one. That one just creeps me out a little. Poor little rabbit. Uh, mirrors, God bless you, four-leaf clovers. I've always looked for one, and I've never found one yet. But here's the, the scoop. Though the origin of wishing over a four-leaf clover is lost to antiquity, it has long been a symbol of good luck and fortune. It has also been used in some traditions for finding a husband or wife. The way this works, for you single people, is by first finding a four-leaf clover. Good luck with that one. I hear you. If you happen to find one, you must eat it or put it inside your shoe, but eating it is more fun. After this, the luck powers will activate, and the first person you come into contact after the activation will be your future mate. Word of warning, stay clear of anyone you don't want as a future mate. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) So funny. I don't want to know. There's so many superstitions in sports. So many. Rodeo, hockey, baseball, whatever sport it is, you can bet that there is some superstition going on with those players. They might never admit it, but you can bet lucky socks, lucky shoes, lucky hats, whatever it is. I bet there's very few that don't. Oh, I found a website. It has the NHL's 10 Weirdest Rituals and Superstitions. Dun, dun, dun. The Lucky Looney. Um, a loony, the Canadian $1 coin, was planted beneath the face-off dot at center ice to help make the ice for the tournament. After the Canadian men and women went on to win gold in their respective competitions, the loony was dug up and given to Wayne Gretzky, the men's team executive director. The superstition or tradition, depending on how you wish to look at it, has carried through to subsequent tournaments, including the 2010 Olympics in Vancouver. Um, So left to right, right to left, a common superstition is the method of dressing. Now, this is NHL players' superstitions and rituals. Some players have no preference and will throw their gear on haphazardly, but others are very aware. Oh, where did it go? In their methodology, and there's likely to be at least one player in each NHL dressing room that has to dress left to right or right to left. Funny, hey? Oh, what about all the playoff beards or the, you know, um, mostly it's beards, isn't it? Or they don't cut their hair when it's playoff season. Um, Let me see. Is there any really fun ones? Um. You know, it keeps it keeps bumping me, wanting me to sign up for things. So I'm done with that one. I just want to check the time, Kate, because we are going to do our chakra cleanse because it's important right now to stay grounded. 
and to clear. Okay, so in Brazil, it is bad luck to let your wallet or purse hit the floor as it means you will lose money. I thought that was from Poland, too. In China, in China, the number four is bad luck, so they will not put a fourth floor in elevators. Just like 13th floor in North America. So here's one from Denmark. Broken dishes are collected and saved year-round to be thrown at the houses of friends and family on New Year's Eve. The bigger the pile of porcelain, the more good fortune the recipients will have in the new year. That's kind of neat. In Egypt, it is viewed as frightfully bad luck to open and close scissors without cutting anything, and even worse to leave them open. However... The Egyptians also believe that scissors under a pillow can cure a person of their nightmares. So in France, it is good luck to step in dog poop with your left foot, but bad luck to step in it with your right foot. Okay. So in Greece, they have their own version version sorry of jinx. When two people say the same thing at the same time, they must instead utter um, piasi coquino, which means touch red and touch the color red to avoid the otherwise inevitable fight. Bonus. If you happen to find yourself in a piasi coquino situation on Easter, you're in luck since you'll find an abundance of red eggs throughout the country. <laughs> oh, these have just so made my day. Still made my day. Um, oh, in India, you must not trim your nails on Tuesday and Saturday or at night, nor can you cut or wash your hair on Thursday and Saturday. There's some controversy over the origin of this practice, but it is generally believed that trimming nails at night leads, leads to sweeping, which could then lead to the loss of small valuables. Now, Thursday may have historically been a day off for barbers, and Saturday is the day of the Saturn, a revered celestial body to the ancient Hindus. These are fun. Okay, I'm going to stop that part now, and we're going to go ahead and do our chakra cleanse to get us all grounded and balanced for the rest of this week. Sometimes it's just so much fun to do something light. (laughs) feels like everything is... You know, hectic and a little chaotic, so Superstition Show has made my day. Let me know how what you guys think of it. If you have any cool superstitions that I haven't shared, tell me. I want to know. I do. I think it's so fascinating because it's energy. A superstition carries with it a certain type of energy, and we react to energy and patterns. That's why I think it's cool. All right. I'm just going to take a drink of water and go ahead and do our meditation. Okay. So here we go. This is to balance and cleanse your chakras. Give yourself a nice breath in. And out. We're going to visualize or imagine. Deep thick roots growing at the bottom of our feet, deep, deep, deep into Mother Earth. Feel yourself grounding and connecting with the Earth. Now imagine or visualize a white ball of energy coming up from those roots. There will be two into the bottoms of your feet. And those balls of light will travel up your leg, one in each leg. You may feel a warm tingling sensation up into your legs, higher into your thighs. And both balls of white light are going to join together at your root chakra. Now I want you to imagine or visualize your root chakra. It's located at the base of your spine, as a ball of red light, and we're going to spin it. It may look cloudy or dirty. 
It may be rather large or it may be very small. I want you to visualize or imagine spinning it until it's about the size of a baseball or a crystal ball. We're going to spin it until it's bright, shiny, and sparkly red. Spinning, spinning. Spinning, spinning. Spinning, spinning. Great. Okay. Now we're going to pop that one back into your body, and we're going to move up to the sacral chakra, located midway between your navel and the base of your spine. This one's going to be the orange ball of light. We're going to pop that out and spin it until it's nice and shiny. Spinning, spinning. Spinning, spinning. Fabulous. Great. Little more spinning. Okay, pop that button back in, and we're going to move up to the solar plexus chakra, or the navel chakra, either name is right, located right behind your navel. This is the yellow chakra. We're going to pop out that ball of yellow light and spin it until it's shiny, sparkly, clean, bright yellow. Spinning, spinning, making it smaller if it's too big, making it bigger if it's too small, Spinning, spinning. If you want more information about chakras, I did do a series on chakras. You can access that in the archives. I did an in-depth look at each of them so you could have a better, deeper understanding. Spinning, spinning. Anyone that's having trouble, I have called upon Archangel Raphael to help. We got this, guys. Spinning, spinning. Spinning, spinning. Great. A little bit more. Nice. Nice. I felt good. Did you guys feel that shift? I feel a lot of you going, nice. That one just needed cleaning. Great. Okay. Let's pop that back one into your body. And we're going to move up to our heart chakra. This one's green. And we're going to spin that ball of light until it's shiny, bright, and fused with sparkles, man. We're going to have sparkly heart chakras today. Spinning, spinning. Spinning, spinning. Fabulous. Spin it some more. Nice. We tend to hold a lot of energy in our heart. Let's spin that some more. Spinning, spinning. Excellent. Good job. Nice. Great. Okay. We'll give it one more spin. Awesome. Okay, put that one back in your body, and let's move up to our throat chakra. Now, this one is blue, and we're going to spin that ball of light energy until it's shiny, bright blue. Spinning, spinning. Excellent. 
spinning, spinning. Great. Spinning. Good job. Nice. All right. Fabulous. Kate, put that one back in and let's move up. We're going to go to our third eye chakra, which is located in our foreheads. This one is a darker purple color. We're going to spin this one until it's shiny, clean, and sparkly. Spinning, spinning. Awesome. Spinning, spinning. Fabulous. Let's do this some more. Spinning, spinning. Good job. Nice. All right. Let's slip that one back in, and we're going to move up to our crown chakra. It's located at the very top of our heads. And seriously? It's a pale violet color. We're going to spin that ball of light until it's bright, shiny, clean, and sparkly. Spinning, spinning. Spinning, spinning. Spinning, spinning. Okay, just a little bit more. Fabulous. Okay, let's slip that one back in. Now I want you to visualize or imagine that ball of light again. And it's going to come down through the top of your head, down through your face, down through your throat, down through your chest, down through your tummy, stopping at your pelvis, splitting in two, a ball of light going down each leg, down your thighs, past your knees, your shins, your feet, and then going deep, 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 deep into Mother Earth, grounding and grounding and grounding. Sweet. You are now grounded. You are now cleansed. You are ready to have a really fantastic rest of the week. So you get to bring your awareness back to the room. Open your eyes. You're good to go, my friends. Thank you for listening. And happy October. <laughs> I will be back next week. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Psychic Cowgirl Radio with Shannon Lackman. Practical, insightful conversations to empower you on your personal journey. To connect with Shannon directly, visit PsychicCowgirl.com. That's P-S-Y-C-H-I-C-C-O-W-G-I-R-L.com. dot